Welcome to the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast with your host, Jill Riley. On this podcast, Jill shares stories of living a life of faith and mental illness. Jill is a popular speaker, pastor, and author who speaks from her experience living with complex PTSD, a major depressive disorder, anxiety disorder, and a dissociative disorder. And now, here's your host, Jill Riley. Hey, thanks for listening in to Post Traumatic Faith, a podcast devoted to the topics of mental illness and faith. My name is Jill Riley, and I'm just really thrilled to have you with me today on our 12th episode. My prayer is that through listening to my experience of what faith looks like after trauma, you may find a little hope and a little joy in your own life. I recently found out something kind of funny as I have listened to all of the past podcasts. I've noticed that I sounded a little nasally, like I was all stuffed up and I couldn't figure out what the problem was. Well, I discovered this week I have a long-standing sinus infection, and it has made me sound totally different than what I think I normally sound like. So if I sound different today, it's just because I can breathe. So thank God for antibiotics and breathing medication, and now here we go. I wanted to talk today about how we interact with people who are mentally ill. I want to talk a little bit about the shoulds and should nots because there are literally millions of words out there written about what is proper and not proper to say and how we refer to diagnosis and how we refer to the individuals. There's all of these these guidelines on what to do and what not to do. I think these things are helpful. I think it's good information and information that we should all have. But I find that if people approach me as one who's mentally ill with all of these rules in their head, they become hesitant on talking to me, just friend to friend talking normally, naturally, like we would if we didn't have this roadblock of mental illness in between us. So I wanted to talk just a little bit about the possibility that that all of those rules and guidelines create a barrier to real relationship rather than to open an avenue of good communication. You know, I believe that when we look at individuals of any stripe or any air quote category through a predefined lens, we instinctively react. A lens of racial diversity brings expectation of a certain kind of cultural behavior or acceptable speak speech patterns. I found this when I pastored in a Korean community. I found that the children, when we went to a Korean restaurant, were very respectful and very honorable and very quiet and demure. But if we would go to an American restaurant, they were wild. They'd be all over the place and their parents truly didn't care. So there was different expectations of their children based on whatever lens they were looking through. I think if we look through a lens of a disability, people with a visible disability bring out a natural instinct to us to help or assist along the lines of assuming that the disabled person needs or wants our help. 
when mental illness comes on the scene, it can be easy to assume that one of the conversants is less capable of healthy interaction and healthy relationship than the other. This is incorrect as deciding that all black people speak ghetto ebonics or that all Latinos are from Mexico or that all veterans have PTSD or physically handicapped people need help opening the doors. We can't look at each other through these predefined lenses and make decisions for the other person based on that. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't want people to approach me and talk to me with this cautionary bumper or guard around them or put that around me so they don't hurt my feelings or say the wrong thing. I think there's wisdom to be had from learning, from reading, and from experiencing life with other people on what we should do, but I don't want it to be a barrier. So people are overly cautious and overly, um, well, just overly cautious about their words. I get caught two ways on this. Because I am so high functioning in my illnesses, I have been able to mask them even from myself. I can isolate without people knowing because my online presence is alive and bright. I can hold wonderful, encouraging conversations with people while I'm in my pajamas, having stayed in bed half the day. You don't know that I am functioning within my disability and functioning well. And if you were to assume that I am completely disabled because of my illnesses, you would be wrong. You would be correct in saying that my illnesses have affected my life. But just to assume that I can't have a normal, natural, healthy interaction friendship would be incorrect. I am able to teach and consult without actually having slept for days on end. You may not even know that. I don't appear ill when I actually am, but I want to be treated with deep understanding and respect. So I what I'm saying is we can't paint every situation with a broad brush. We can't say that all people in this category are going to act like this. We have to we have to look at each individual through an individual and a very gracious lens. I want people to look at me with compassionate eyes and with kind eyes and with loving regard without seeing my illness first and without making assumptions on what I can or can't do without talking to me first. So this is bigger conversation than just me. It has to do with people of of all different kinds of illnesses, whether it be depression or suicidality or PTSD, bipolar, personality disorders. We all want to be respected for who we are and not first labeled with our illness. So do me a favor. Don't pre-treat our conversations with your pity or your layman's understanding of my diagnosis. I just invite you to enter into the dance that I've been choreographed in with what I call investigative curiosity. Enter into our relationship with questions. I don't mind questions. Enter into our relationship with a genuine interest to know what makes me tick. 
what makes me work well. And I will do the same for you. And if we were have if we are to have a real relationship, what I'm saying is you cannot sit on the sidelines and merely observe. For my sake and for the sake of others, let's have the courtesy to explore the potential capabilities and wishes of one another before we presume to know who they really are. I think this topic, this conversation applies more globally than just mental illness. So I would encourage you as you go through your week to look at people as not just this ethnicity or this disability or this socioeconomic status, but look at each person individually with eyes that are gracious and with hearts that are open to learn about our uniquenesses, our differences, and our similarities. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's you and I work together to break down the stigmas around mental illness in the faith communities. Have a terrific day. Thanks for listening to the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast with Jill Riley. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can follow Jill on social media on Facebook, facebook.com slash jillreilly.author, on Instagram at jillreilly.author, or on Twitter at Jill Riley Author. You can reach Jill via email, jill at jillreilly.org. Thanks for listening.